Welcome back to Happy Hour with Operation Happy Nurse. Uh, today for this Mental Health Matters discussion, we are joined by Chris Thomas, who is one of the co-founders, along with his wife Martha and son Solomon Thomas, of The Defensive Line, an organization dedicated to preventing suicide by transforming the way we communicate and connect about mental health. And the organization has a particular programmatic focus on places that serve over 50% young people of color. They will also be uh, some of our honorees at our Operation Lemonade Gala this month, so we wanted to highlight their story of advocacy uh, for one of our Mental Health Matters episodes. So thank you very much, Chris, for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. (laughs) Finally, except in the nursing world, I always say that, and it doesn't really work because I work Sunday, Mondays. (laughs) (laughs) Your week starts early. Doesn't everyone's like weekend? Absolutely, yes. (laughs) Okay, it is what it is. Exactly. (laughs) Amen. Amen. (laughs) All right. So uh, before we uh, fully dive into the defensive line, um, we usually kind of start off these conversations with um, asking a little about about our guests' like personal journey with mental health. So outside of your amazing nonprofit, Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So uh, I am the son of high school dropouts. Uh, first in my family, uh, first born in my family, also the first of my family to actually attend and graduate from college. Uh, and I can tell you growing up uh, in a black household, uh, mental health was not talked about a lot. So, uh, and unfortunately, we found out about mental health through a tragedy. But uh, I can tell you that uh, as, of, as we speak right now, uh, we're trying to make sure we're mental health advocates talking about the importance of having a great physical, mental, and spiritual well-being and balance uh, and working through all of the different uh, opportunities we have either individually, collectively, or as a community. So uh, that's a little bit about my my story. And, uh, you know, we started the defensive line because uh, Ella uh, died by suicide on January 23rd of 2018. And that threw us into a world of uh, not knowing uh, what suicide, mental illness, depression, uh, all of those elements we're all about. And uh, so now we're trying to turn our pain into purpose and to help others who were like us at the time, not knowing a lot about it, trying to give them knowledge and information and insight ahead of time so that they don't go through the type of pain that we've gone through here uh, over the past you know, six to seven years. I love how you guys turn something that was obviously very tragic for your family into something beautiful and positive and trying to get the word out about mental health and especially in youth. And my, um, I, I asked my sister for permission, mm. but my little sister struggled a lot. I think, um, and it'll be, I was away at college when she was in high school and middle school. And so she really struggled mm-hmm. and thank God she spoke out about it and she got help and therapy and everything. But, you know, I had no idea she was struggling that much until my mom started noticing things with her and how she was acting. And then she got the help she needed. But like you said, it's just unless we're having those conversations and making people feel like they yeah. can talk about it. Um, hopefully we're getting to a place now because I know everyone's kind of dealing with mental health in their own ways past post pandemic and everything, yeah. but <laughs> True. yeah, but I, I, just, I really, I really love your mission and I'm really happy that you guys decided to do that. Thank you so much. You know, I, we have a pastor that said that when you're given a mess, create a message and that's what we're trying to do, really do. Uh, and you know, I'm glad your sister got help. Uh, you know, unfortunately, within the black community, uh, like when I, until like I said, until Ella, you know, took her life, I knew nothing about mental health, mental illness, and suicide. I, I assumed suicide was 
you know, uh, sort of a, a wasp thing. It wasn't for, you know, people in the black community. And, uh, and after learning about some of the myths that exist, and that's one reason we call it the defensive line, because we want to defend against some of these myths that exist out there on mental well, wellness, on mental health, on suicide, so that people know that, you know, it, ex it, it impacts a lot of people. It impacts whether you're rich or poor, black or white, you know, sexual orientation, you know, wh wherever you come from, a geography perspective, it, it has an unbelievable impact, unfortunately, and it touches so many lives. You know, in our journey learning, we learned that, you know, over 50% of people are directly or indirectly impacted by somebody who died by suicide. So, uh, and I'm always amazed when I'm on a plane or in a conference and talking about what the defensive line does and what we're all about. They say, I too have a friend or a family member or a community member or fraternity or brother or, or sorority sister who have been impacted by suicide. So we think that by talking about it, we normalize the conversation. Uh, and we talk about, you know, some of the myths, some of the resources that are available, some of the ways that people can get the help they need so that they don't end up in a club that nobody wants to be a part of. Really noble work. So how did you get the ball rolling with all of this? That sounds like a football pun, but yeah. <laughs> how did you, <laughs> I was like, wait a yeah. minute, but how did you get started into all of this? You, you know, uh, for, it took Martha and I six months to get our stuff together. And thank, you know, thank God we were able to join the local support group called Touch by Suicide to help us go through our pain and our grieving and to work through that. And um, then we realized, you know, for, the, for, for, for a long time, myself, I'll speak for myself, I didn't want to talk about Ella's, how she died. Because at that stage, I still, I too had the, some of the myths that are associated with, with, with like people who die by suicide or selfish that, you know, you know, I was saying the words like commit suicide versus die by suicide. Ella died because she had a mental illness. So we don't say people committed cancer or committed kidney disease. They died by cancer. They died by leukemia. They died by suicide. So after I learned all that and some of the shame went away, I realized there's a whole pocket of people that need to understand that this is an illness. This is an issue that we need to educate, particularly we need to educate leaders of young people and in particular young people of color. So we create the vision, you know, a world where no young person of color dies by suicide. And that doesn't mean that we're going to only focus on kids of color. We'll focus on anybody. But we realized that when Ella died, that, there were so many other kids of color that are dying. I'm in Vegas right now. We just did a couple of trainings. And, you know, nationally, for kids under 24, it's the second leading cause of death. In Vegas, it's the number one cause of death. So we said, this is bigger than Ella. We're not going to call it Ella's story. We're going to call it the defensive line so we can defend against some of the myths that say uh, that only experts can stop someone who wants to die by suicide. It takes ordinary people like us to say, I recognize the signs. So we want people to know what the signs are. So we help people understand the signs. You know, we talk about that, you know, that if you talk about suicide, if you ask someone, are you thinking about not being here tomorrow? Are you thinking about taking your life? That is not going to cause them to go die by suicide. There's no data. In fact, AFSP and Mental Health America and NAMI all say that if you ask that question, you're really showing support empathy, compassion. There's no re research that says that's going to cause someone to go and die by suicide or, or create some type of contagion. So uh, we started the, 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 the journey about a year about, uh, before last year, before last May, 
and then we officially became a 501c3 in May of last year, and I've just been overly uh, enthusiastic about the support we received from people like Mental Health America, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. In Dallas, Dak Prescott's Faith Fight Finish have combined with us to do trainings in North Crowley, so we're working there. Here in Vegas, Hope Means to That and Born This Way, inspiring children are all working together to help us. The Raiders helped us get in to Clark County School. That's where I was at the last two days giving this training so we can help teachers, coaches, janitors, anybody who leads or is interfacing with a person, a young person, uh, that they can recognize the signs and give them the tools the wherewithal and the confidence to work and talk and work through this epidemic that's that's existing right now amongst our youth. Damn, that is very impressive. I, yeah, Thank you. I really, uh, I, I was particularly like taken, as I told you, by the just the very name, um, mm. offensive line, because it. Uh, I mean, as you spoke about there, it it's all about like a group effort here it's it, we can't just let the person yes. do it by themselves yes yeah yes it's a community effort you're absolutely right i mean it's going to take you know the classroom the teachers the coaches the staff that you know principals assistant principals the assistant superintendents it's going to take our clergy particularly in the black community because they got to start talking about it's not just prayed away it's it's prayer, it's physical health, it's mental health, it's all three of those elements. It's talking to the Boys and Girls Club, you know, the Jack and Jills, uh, it's talking to the YMCAs, it's talking to all, that entire community. You know, that old adage, it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a village to keep a child alive, you know? And so that's what this is all about, is working that and getting into schools and all the others. It, what I found amazing here in Vegas is the number of corporations like BetMGM and Zappos that and Win Resource that are really helping us get this message out. And they have been so supportive in getting us either resources, giving us access to the people they know within the school systems, and helping us provide these workshops for free uh, to the schools because we know the public schools are strapped. So because of those folks, they're getting us uh, the runway and the support we need to make this successful. That's really great to hear. Also, I I use Zappos, so glad to hear they're doing that. That's so nice. <laughs> they've been they've been amazing. That's been awesome. Amazing. And I, you mentioned Dak Prescott earlier. Yeah. I, I he's a he's a stand up yes. guy. I, I like him a lot, even as a yes unfortunate Giants yes. fan. <laughs> so. I know. Well. <laughs> I know, but you know what's amazing? His humanity transcends. The it really teams, does. Right? And him and Solomon have been doing a lot of great work with AFSP on when the 988 just came out on July 16th, they did some public service announcements on the importance of making sure our local legislators support it short term and long term because that's going to make a huge difference. So, so folks can call, and if they're in, in desperate help, they can call and get help. But what I learned throughout this process is 988. 741741, the 800-273-TALK number. Those numbers, anybody can call and get support on, I've got a friend who's at risk and they'll give you advice on how to work and talk to that person. So it's not just a matter of when you're in the midst of a crisis, they'll help you out beforehand to prepare. So I, and I, I didn't know that. That's one of the other myths, you know, that you got to be on, you know, your deathbed to be able to call 988. No, they'll, they'll help you out right away. Be proactive. That's great to hear. Yeah, thank you for sharing those resources. That's helpful to know. 
So was all the feedback very positive, hopefully? <laughs> or did you receive any negative feedback at the beginning? Because I know suicide is a very hush-hush topic, like you said, and it's taboo still, unfortunately. So just curious. That It, it is unfortunate. It's a taboo. And it, 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 uh, there were some people that, you know, unfortunately have the old adage that or feeling that you know, if you talk about it, um, you're going to cause a contagion. Uh, but after you talk them through, you give them the research, the data. You, and what we find is the more we tell our story, the more it normalizes the conversation. And then, you know, dad tells his story. You know, a, a Susan Thomas tells her story. You know, that all these other folks start telling their story. And then others hear that. And they say, hey, yeah, me too. And it helps normalize the conversation. You know, in that one video where um, the first video we did for ESPN when Solomon was still with the Niners, uh, well, Michelle Bison bought uh, Solomon playing for his sister. You know, one of the things Martha talks about, not talking about it doesn't make the problem go away. So we got to talk about it. And that's really been healthy. So initially there were some people pushing back, but the support so far has been overwhelming. And we're getting all these requests to come in and talk, you know, getting great recognition from people like Happy Nurse. Uh, and the more we talk about it on that platform and others, Man, it just helps get to the point where we're normalizing the conversation and we're making some proactive difference because the other goal is to not react to this, is to get upstream, like Desmond Tutu said, you know, stop people from falling in the river. Uh, uh, that's the key piece versus picking them up out of the river. That's prevent them from going into the river at first. So that's what we're trying to do with, by having a conversation. I like that. And you, you briefly mentioned it there, but uh, I would like to point our listeners to that video for ESPN. Uh, Solomon, it's, the title is Solomon Thomas plays for his sister. Uh, fair warning. May cry. It is very moving. Mm. It's a de- yeah. deeply, deeply moving um, video. Um, and I, it gives you a great understanding of um, this cause. And uh, I, I, when I was looking at, I texted Carly right after watching it. I was like, you should watch this, but, uh, Got some tissues. It's 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 very beautiful. Yeah. I was like, I'm way ahead of you. Yeah. I'm already just like, yeah. but I love how you can feel your guys' emotion and just yes. appreciate the vulnerability because, like you said, it's something that it's it's extremely hard to speak about. I'm sure, but it's but it helps because then people kind of normalize the situation or you know as much as they can that it's just yes. important to get the word out. And I was Shannon. That's why she actually started Operation Happy Nurses because not particularly suicide, but because in, you know, the nursing world, we're showing up for people and taking care of people. But a lot of times we forget to take care of ourselves. And so we're trying to open up that discussion, especially post pandemic and during it that just, Hey, like we're humans too. And you need to kind of refill your cup after you pour from it and give back to others. And so she started it because a lot of people were struggling with depression and anxiety. And I know mm. personally, I was having a lot of anxiety and still working through that. Mm-hmm. And um, luckily, I can afford therapy and have beautiful friends and resources for that. But yeah, so it's, it's, it's definitely goes across all ages. Like you said, it's not a particular population, but I like how you're focusing on a, on a particular population. So every basis gets covered. Yes, <laughs> Everybody yes. has I, somebody. Yes, I... Kali, you're so right. And I, I love the comment you made about self-care. Uh, and that's one of the things you try to teach. You know, if you're going to be able to help somebody else, it's like that airplane, you know, thing where you got to put the, the air mask on yourself before you can help another person. I, I heard a quote about you can't pour from an empty cup. 
it's so true. You got to take care of yourself so you can give to others. And, you know, one of the things I love about that, you know, initial video, we've done another one since then by NFL 360, the ESPN one, you know, Solomon Place for a Sister was great. I remember that day, like it was yesterday, you know, being in the, the Niners organization, and they've been fantastic. And, you know, unfortunately, they lost a loved one to suicide as well. And we created this bond where we work together. And they, they, they being the New Yorks, the Niners, the Lynches, they were unbelievable to support. Uh, they gave for us as a family, but also as a family with American Foundation for Suicide Prevention or AFSP. And, you know, since then, I've become a board member, but they've continued to, to reach out to support the national organization, but also the local organizations in Palo Alto uh, in Santa Clara. And that's a great reason why I, we got to talk about it, because when they talk about it, it expands the circle, expands the need and the opportunity for folks to pitch in. So they, you know, the ripple effect has helped them get involved and engaged. Uh, and then since then, that NFL 360 that was nominated for Emmy that was done last year, you know, in, in that it talks about grief. And Martha talks about grief hitting you like a wave that you got to, you, you can't fight it because then you lose all your energy. But if you let it go, if you let go, let it take you, you eventually get back up. And that's one of the things we try to teach is that it's okay. You know, I laugh and I cry every day and I try to learn something new. The old Jovi Valbano, you know, um, uh, cancer ESPN speech, laugh and cry and learn something new every day. And that's what I try to do. That's what we try to impart upon, you know, the people who hear our story as well as our training so that, you got to make sure you deal with your grief so that you can help others. Preach. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you, you like, you are good. You're such a good speaker. It's like you talk and I'm like, mm -hmm, yes, <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot of practice. Yeah. I'm taking, I've taken like four mental notes. I, the, I, you said it was a pastor, but the make, when you have a mess, make it a message. Yes, like that, yes, I was yes, like, I, I'm like that. Yes, I'm gonna carry that with me forever. Yes. <laughs> that's really lovely. Well, I wish I could remember the pastor's name. You know, it's one of the blessings out of COVID is, you know, I like to walk four or five miles a day, and yes. and on Sundays I can listen to three or four sermons. And this one sermon, just I heard him say that. It's like, wow, that's powerful. So, yeah. but it was one the third or fourth sermon I was listening to that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like find the silver lining in it. Yeah, I like that yes. a lot. So one line from your website that I want to bring up that really struck with me was we do not need to be mental health experts in order to be experts in our own stories and our mental health. So can you kind of explain what that means to you? Yeah, you know, to me, that's really about normalizing the conversation and realizing that sometimes when someone who is an ordinary person like Solomon or Martha, or Ray or myself, you know, Ray, our executive director, you know, it doesn't come across like it needs to be from a professional. It's, 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 it's more hard hitting when it comes from somebody at the peer level versus an expert who has a, all these different initials after their name or initials before their name. Uh, and I think that becomes a little more far reaching. And I think also the kids respect it coming from somebody that they can relate to as well. So when it comes from their teacher or their coach, you know, or their mentor or their sponsor, those really have a, a, a revealing and just a, a significant and deep impact. So uh, it, it, we also think it helps folks understand that everybody can be a part of this and it helps debunk that myth that only an expert can save someone's life. It, I mean, in, that, in, the, in the Breathe video you'll see from NFL 360, you know, uh, John Lynch is on that uh, uh, clip and he talks about how he recognized Solomon wasn't right 
he, 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 something in his gut said to go out and talk to Solomon. And at this stage in time, Solomon was suicidal. It, Martha and I did not know it, but he went out and said to Solomon, Solomon, you're not yourself. You know, and part of our D lines is don't ignore your gut and listening for the signs. And the I is for interact. So John Lynch interacted with Solomon. He named the concern, which is the end, and said, look, Solomon, you're not your usual self. And he gave him S, the support, and told him, you need to go get some help. And John giving him that permission, an ordinary person, someone doesn't have a PhD, and like he, he, he was even, he'll tell, he'll tell you, he was nervous. He didn't want to say anything, but he was afraid uh, that he might cause a problem. But he said, I'm going to take the risk, and I'm going to tell Solomon I'm concerned about him. And that got Solomon help. And Solomon even says in that clip on the NFL 360 Breathe that that saved his life. And once again, Martha and I didn't know that he was going through that, you know, that dark, that dark space. That's great to hear. Because I also think, yeah, I mean, John is, uh, as you said, an ordinary person, but he was also a player. So I think, um, I, I mean, now he's the executive, but. Uh, I think you've, you've mentioned a lot about having it at, at the peer level that really um, yeah. can have much of a bigger impact than you would ever really uh, imagine. Um, and I, it's, I gotta be honest hearing that John Lynch, the <laughs> fearsome, I think, I believe, he was a safety. <laughs> I don't remember which safety he was, but oh that, my God. that yeah. guy hits hard oh and, and he was, he was nervous about, yeah, was... wow. So that's very yes. inspiring. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yeah. It, you know, it's 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 really hard sometimes. I mean, you know, it, a lot of times people are afraid to say things, but that's one reason why we say in our D-lines, don't ignore your gut because a lot of times it's your gut would tell you something's just not right with that person. And then, you know, we for the other parts of the D-line, there's a line, the L is for the listen, uh, for the signs that we talk through, the mood, talk behavior signs that AFL, AFSP puts out, I'll make sure you get a copy of the image to put in the podcast notes. And then the I is for interact name, and is for name the concern, E is for evidence, the concern, the S is for su- supportive environment. And yeah, even he was nervous. And like you said, he knocked people in the next week sometimes. So he was this brave, macho person. But the other piece is he exhibited vulnerability. And that is a key part, particularly for men, to make sure that they had become vulnerable so they could open up, so they could help themselves and also help others because that's a key part of having strong mental health is making sure that we're vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, I think the suicide risk for men is so much higher than not that yes. it's a competition, but for women, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Just like you said, and obviously I can't speak for you guys, but I know just in nursing world, it's like I have to make sure my patients know, like if I walk in and they're crying and they're men and they look at me like, oh, I'm fine. And I'm like, it's okay. Like you're going yes, to yes. They're like, I'm not judging you. <laughs> Let yes, it out. Here's ex- some tissues. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's just like you said, they need a safe space like everybody. And I think <sighs> it's, it's tough yes. out there right now. <laughs> yes, it really is. Yes. So for someone that wants to help that's in, you know, a teacher setting or a mentor, like you said, what advice or message would you give them that doesn't know how to start? Yeah, I, I think the first piece is to educate yourself and to learn as much as you can. Uh, that you go to the defensive line.org, you can go to afsp.org. Uh, Mental Health America has a great website, NAMI. Uh, there are probably local nonprofits that are doing this work within your community. But, but 
learn about the signs. Uh, learn about the importance of making sure you take care of yourself, of self-care, uh, and, and making sure that you also uh, uh, have balance in your life. Uh, I think those are some of the key things. And then if, if you want to become a mental health advocate, you know, volunteer and work with, you know, either a national organization like AFSP or Mental Health America or NAMI or SAMHSA, or work with a local organization like, you know, the Defense of Blind or Dak Prescott's Faith by Finish or Hope Means Nevada or Born This Way in, uh, in, in, in Vegas. There are all these great nonprofits that exist and we need help. And like, for example, when we did, our, I did my training this morning and the one I did yesterday, we leverage volunteers. So right now we, we go to like campuses like UNLV, Baylor, Stanford, Ohio State, and we train normal people to be the trainers of our, our D-Lines workshop and they deliver it with us. So like when we did it today, there was a former principal who was training with me. And when you have someone local that knows the system, that knows that the staff, it sort of makes it not from created here. It means that they understand that it's somebody who has been a part of their the program and that it helps it, you know, reinforce the message. Uh, so that really helps as well. So if you want to volunteer, you know, go to the defensiveline.org and we've got, you know, a way you can communicate with us where we'll train you on how to be become this uh, facilitator for the D-Line. So those are some of the key things that you can do. Uh, we, we're also up on social media. You can you can follow us, you know, at, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter is, is the defensive line or D-Line, depending upon the handle. And we're also uh, on Instagram and uh not on TikTok. I think we're on TikTok, but not very much. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm not on TikTok, uh, but they might be. <laughs> yes, I know. That's really, I'm showing my age. That's really the for the young ones. <laughs> that's, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's effective for reaching them. So, yeah, it might be. Yes, definitely. Yes, worth it. That's yes. where the youth are. That's where they are. <laughs> oh, my girlfriend uses it, and I, uh, I have to. She'll send me them, and I, for the longest time, I didn't have it, so I would it would open them in like the Safari app on my phone, and I was like, I'm turning into my dad, <laughs> just like trying to figure out how to get into this <laughs> new app. So, yeah, yeah. What That's is funny. this? Yeah, exactly. That's funny. <laughs> so beyond the I, I the training uh, programs that you offer, obviously are. Um, very commendable. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other programs or actions that you've taken that you're particularly proud of? Yeah, you know, so one of the biggest things we're proud of is the work we're doing trying to change legislation nationally and locally. So uh, the defensive line testified in front of Congress Saw that. in February. We talked about the importance of K through 12 education and making sure we have a national dialogue on mental health and suicide prevention uh, like we did with, you know, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, you know, man, let's have, let's have the same conversation. And, you know, during that testimony in Congress, I shared with them, you know, on the average week, under the age of 24, there are 119 people dying by suicide. That's two-thirds the size of a Boeing 737. And I shared that if a Boeing 737 was going down each week, they would stop all air traffic. So let's find a way to put the brakes on making sure people understand that this needs to be addressed, that we need to address mental health, mental illness, and suicide. And let's get legislation involved. Let's make sure 988 is funded correctly. Let's make sure we get enough counselors in school systems so that the kids and the teachers can get the help they need. And let's make sure there's mental health and physical health parity. 
And that's right now the biggest issue is parity, uh, a particular lack of access and availability for particular for marginalized communities so that we can address this. So that's a key part because um, right now, unfortunately, for a lot of youth of color, the first time they receive mental health treatment is when they're in the juvenile justice system or in detention center. And that's not where you want to start mental therapy. You want to do it proactively and not when they're in prison. Wow, that's so big of you guys. I, I actually didn't know that. So I'm like, I'm going to go do some more research. But that's <laughs> very commendable. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Getting out there. <laughs> yes. Wasn't that amazing? John, oh, you mean John John Oliver? Yeah, that was an amazing piece, uh, yes, that he did. He leveraged a lot of the hiding in plain sight by PBS. In fact, uh, the defense blind attended the um, the premiere of, of Hiding in Plain Sight in Boston about a month ago. Uh, I attended that. That was just amazing to meet you know, Patrick Kennedy and met the writer of the, uh, of the Hiding in Plain Sight from Ken Burns, as well as uh, McKaylin. She was one of the... Um, uh, participants, one of the uh, actors or uh, uh, people in, in the actual uh, PBS special. And that was a phenomenal two-part series. That's a great way to learn if you want to educate yourself to, to the question great. earlier. That's a great way to learn. Uh, yes. Awesome. All right. Well, do you have any uh, big goals down the line when it comes to your organization that you want to see reached? Yeah, you know, um, thank you for asking. You know, I, I just want to continue to partner with great organizations like Happy Nurse. I mean, you guys help us spread our platform. You help us educate folks. I think it's a one plus one equals three scenario. So uh, as we talked earlier, getting that exposure, that story out normalizes the conversation. Now, we have a goal to continue to work legislation at the national and local level. Right now, 988 is underfunded. We've got to find a way to get it better, better funded. Because some states only, some states have not put the right amount of money. They got it in, but it's not ready to go past year one. And also, there's a whole cultural competency part of 988. It's not culturally competent. So, we got to work with companies like AFSP, Vibrant, Mental Health America to make sure the competency piece comes along. Uh, we want to continue to drive our D lines workshops, you know, in school systems that make sense, like in Clark County, Dallas, uh, Santa Clara, other places where we're looking to expand to, like. As you know, Solomon is a jet now, so yes. we're going to be going to Newark uh, in New Jersey. And the other thing we have a desire to do is to, uh, aside from continue to spread our message broadly across some national platforms, is to get mental health clubs and counseling in the schools that need it. So, you know, Solomon's vision is to have mental health clubs. He did a talk at Palo Alto High School where they've got a mental health club. we got to find a way to clone that in all the other schools that need it. Not all schools need it, but where it's necessary, where we got high rates of mental illness or suicide, let's get that mental health club in that school. Let's get it funded. Let's get it resourced. Uh, and let's make sure they have the training and tools they need as well as for the club, but also for the teachers and the principals and the superintendents. Let's make sure they have the, we have the right student uh, counselor ratio. Uh, and right now, the only county really leading that is Miami-Dade because they are years ahead of everybody. Uh, you know, thank God Sally A. Leon and her staff are out there making making efforts, but they've got the right, you know, student to counselor ratio. Everybody else is way behind. So these counselors right now are being overworked, under-resourced. And as you mentioned earlier, it's like, it's getting worse. It's not getting better. Although people are talking about it more, 
but because of the pandemic, because of the racial right strife, the political strife, just the, the divisions going on, we got to do more. Yeah. That's really nice to hear Miami's doing well on that. I have uh, some friends that are in that area. So that's, yeah. Um, yeah, I can remember back in high school, there was definitely not enough resources for people that were struggling. I had, I had my little sister. Um, I, she, it wasn't anything like uh, super serious, but the, the school, we, had a, we did have a counselor, but it was not helpful for her and her friends. Um, mm. and, uh, yeah. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm glad, well, I'm glad that you're making the effort to improve those. those like, anybody's going to get it done. Chris, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a great team between Ray and Martha and Sandy and, and, and all. We've got a great yeah. team. We're small, but mighty. And like I said before, I the way the cooperation works amongst people like, you know, Happy Nurse and other folks like NAMI and the Hope Means Nevada and AFSP, it's just, the synergies that one plus one equals three. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of mentioned it earlier, but just a little thing for you guys, our listeners is um, the defensive line is actually going to be one of our mental health honorees at our first annual operation lemonade fundraiser, which is co-hosted with the lemons foundation. And Chris, just for you, what were your thoughts when our founder reached out to you? Mm. I, I was just so blessed to even be recognized. And uh, I know that our work is making a difference and we're, getting recognition and that we're, you know, being able to share our story to help save lives. So we're just blessed and honored to be, you know, the recipient. Uh, we want to just continue to work together with Operation Lemonade and Happy Nurse because we really think that by continuing to work together, we're going to continue to save lives and get the right message out there because it, it impacts so many people. And like you mentioned, you know, you know the first responders, and the nurses, the doctors, the dentists, and the construction workers, and those, those are some of the higher rates of incidents of people having mental illness and suicide ideation. So we got to find a way to work together to, to stop it and to, to make some progress. So uh, I really am, my, on behalf of Martha Solomon and myself, we were just blessed and pleased to know that we were recognized and just doing a small part because there's so much more we got to do, but we're, we're glad to be recognized and we'll work it together. Awesome. Yes, I love it. Well, thank you, Chris, for joining us on this Mental Health oh, Matters episode and sharing your story. You. If you thank guys you. want to learn more about the Defensive Line or find resources as well or ways to volunteer, please check out their website at thedefensiveline.org. We are extremely happy to be honoring you, obviously, at our gala this month. And really, sincerely, from my heart, thank you for everything you're doing in the community because I think it's very beautiful and necessary. So thank you. Thank you, thank you both. Have a blessed day. Thank you very much. You too. You too.